Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. And what are you making this week? So, um, this week I am, make one second, what the heck was that? I think a bird just flew into my window. <laughs> Did, I think you'd probably hear that on the... Did you hear that big thud? I didn't hear it right right oh. now, but I'll listen for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard that and then a big, like, I saw a bird fly away and then a big tweet. Is that a, a big tweet? Is that I mean, even at least it was able to fly away. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Anyway. Okay. Um, oh, what am I baking this week? <laughs> so this week, I am... We're covering um, a murder. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is so crazy. Last night, Jess and I were walking to our car. We were at Hollywood Studios last night. And we uh-huh. had like these three huge, um, these Dude. three huge Dude. helicopters were, um, like really low over the Hollywood studios parking lot, like in that area. And they were kept circling and circling. So we knew something was wrong. We were like, yeah. that's not normal. And so we were like booking it to the car and we were like, let's look on the news. And I just got a notification from orange County, um, help find a killer. Some, a man was shot on I four between Osceola and five twenty eight, which you wouldn't know, but that's literally right next to us. And someone was shot and killed there last night. That's why they were flying. I knew something was wrong. Oh my gosh. And he's he's still still loose. He's still loose. Yeah. Um, oh my God, that's so crazy. And it was like, as we were leaving Hollywood studios too. Whoa. That's so scary. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, good thing you guys were like, got to get to the car quick. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. Well, you know, I, I mean, flabbergasted me. It's horrible what's been going on, like on the Fourth of July with all the shootings. Oh, yeah. So many. Like Highland Park. Yeah, Highland oh, Park. That was, so that, that was really really sad. A lot of um, we're I'm in, in Illinois, and a lot of um parades were canceled i don't know if it was just nationwide or if it was specific to the our area of illinois but yeah yeah, it's pretty close by and then um i was watching i think it was some i saw a tiktok of someone that was in philadelphia they made a tiktok of them walking home and um she is walking home by herself and it was from like she's walking home from my fourth of july party Mm -hmm. and they're there's just a lot of people running and freaking out. And she just assumed it was because people were on edge because of the big booming fireworks. Yeah. So she was just, she's like, then there was a lot of police around. And so she's like, wow, this is so unnecessary, all this police. But, you know, then there were reports of shootings in Philadelphia. So she didn't even know that shootings were going on. And she's like making this TikTok about it. Yeah. And uh, 
just basically saying like wow look and she was like videoing people running and she's like why are they running it's so ridiculous like <gasps> oh my gosh and she didn't know why yeah. and then she was seeing the police and she's like wow there are too many police out here they need to chill like and there's was- literally people being shot at yeah oh, it did not age well <laughs> no no but she posted it like knowing this and she's like I walked home not knowing this and made this TikTok wow. she even said like oh wow you think that there's a shooter but if there's not it's just the fireworks <laughs> dang yeah really bad but anyway wow. well anyway, on that note safe 4th of July I have yes mind. yes Okay. Everyone did in America. I mean, uh, yeah, because I guess Independence Day is. I mean, do other countries like? Most likely not. They do. On the Fourth of July. Well, not on the Fourth of July. Like whatever day it is for them. For their country. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Fourth of July is obviously just big in America. Then I guess. Yeah. That's interesting. I would like to know, like, how? I mean, I know that. Um, like yeah, there are celebrations like that majority yeah. of other countries do, but I would like to hear about each one. Yeah, I do know fun fun little fact. Um, there are more countries, including us, celebrating independence from Britain than any other country in the world. <laughs> like, how did this tiny little country? We love you, UK, but how did you become so powerful? Like. How- <laughs> How did you own so many countries? They're like, woohoo, our independence. <laughs> Interesting. That is a fun little fact. Um, anyway. Um, so let's go back to what I am making this week. Goodness. Um, I hope this is not indicative for how the whole <laughs> podcast is. Uh, go. Yeah, same. Um, I'm making funeral potatoes funeral so, potatoes funeral potatoes yes that's what they're called i've i've always okay. called them funeral potatoes have you ever heard of them uh, no they taste so I good don't i don't know why they're called funeral potatoes if it's just because like typically they're brought to funerals hmm. i'm i'm certain you've had them okay um, they're pretty much a staple at majority of family parties um they're the they're potato that you dice up and then you put um i think cream of chicken soup and um then you put cheese and then you take cornflakes and you drizzle it over it oh okay yeah 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 Yeah. so that those are funeral potatoes that's like what they're called so anyway i looked up um most popular foods like what is what food is utah known for and i guess funeral potatoes is specific to utah so anyway that's what what, what i love it i had it over the weekend actually i had funeral potatoes so yum um yeah so our case takes place in utah for the most part um it's actually pretty recently uh talked about Um, because I pulled this information like I always do or almost always do from a documentary (laughs) that was pretty popular on Netflix these past couple weeks called um, okay keep sweet pray and obey and it is about 
in the FLDS is what it's called. So Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is a far offshoot of Mormonism. It's more like a cult than the actual religion of Mormonism. And they're not considered part of that religion by actual Mormons. Okay. So not to get that confused, but um, so it started off pretty much like a just a religion but then it got like more and more twisted and creepy so and their leader's name is warren jeffs so that's what we're going to talk about so um in this particular what's happening okay in this particular uh I'm just going to call them a cult. You know, they're a cult, you know? Okay. Um, They believed that the more wives and children you have, the higher in heaven you will be. So polygamy, very much a thing. It's like the biggest thing with them. Um, So, and then the documentary starts with introducing the Wall family. Um, And Rebecca Wall, she is no longer in FLDS, but um, she says, like, growing up, her family, uh, like, everyone in FLDS believed that they were the one in true family, that they were the pure people of Earth, and that polygamy would help you get to be more pure with God. So, see, it's just so interesting, because in my opinion, where's the logic in that? The, you, right? um why (laughs) yeah and it was believed you had to have at least um three wives if you did not have at least three you would not get to that like highest degree of celestial being yeah see so so I'm so curious then I mean then there must be mainly women and then the men must kind of eventually have some slim pickings because if, if every guy is taken three to one I mean yeah um, be very many women it really baffles me um it's mostly because a lot of the daughters were marrying the men so you had a lot of daughters and hopefully that yeah. could be given to the older men. So, yeah. <sighs> um, so Alyssa Wall, she is, or Elisa, she is also not in FLDS anymore, but she was her mother's 11th child and the family's 19th child. So her, her mother was her father's second wife. So that's... A lot of siblings. That's um, that's insane because many. So basically, your like your goal is just procreate. Yes, like that's just what you want to do to make more kids to help all the other men in the in the group. And then you're thinking about it, and so it's like it's so gross because it really does breed pedophilia pedophiles whatever yeah no yeah to the point where a a girl is born and they're probably thinking in the back of their mind this is this could be my future wife as a freaking adult 
Exactly. That's yeah. disgusting. That is so yeah, gross. It's not right. Um, which not is right. Not one yeah. bit. Um, so they had uh the lead their leader is called the prophet. That's who they called him. Uh yeah. And back in the day, uh, the the prophet was Rulon Jeffs. Um I know I said the leader's name is Warren, but he takes over. Rulon is his father. So right Rulon. now, yes. Um, and the prophet would pick all of the marriages for everybody. Like he would arrange oh. everything. You could not marry unless the prophet like approved it. Um, and most of the time he would just like say, um, like, oh, this woman belongs in your family. God told me. And the man would say, okay, sure. And like marry them that day or the next day. And they had n- probably never met them before or anything. So that's, that's kind of so how it went. And everyone just did it. Everyone just was happy to do it. You know, that's crazy. Um, but obviously uh, polygamy is illegal. So mm-hmm. they had to be pretty sneaky. Um, Rebecca Wall's name is false on her birth certificate um, because her father couldn't use his real name on her birth certificate. So her last name is not what it actually is. And so they would do things like that, like changing birth names um, to try and avoid suspicion that one man had multiple wives and everything. Um, So it is illegal, but it's almost, polygamy is almost never prosecuted because politicians are not that interested in breaking up families and it's hard to prove. Apparently, I don't understand how it's hard to prove, but you know, it's not up to me. So I mean, it's confusing because I mean, yes, polygamy where you're marrying multiple people is illegal. Yes. But you have one, I feel like you can have one legal wife and then, um, you know, then start, like, ha- then have, you know, other wives that you're calling your wives, but really they're, like, girlfriends. Like, they're not actually. Yeah. So, I don't understand how, as a polygamist, like, what the difference is, you know what I mean? Like, like, throuples. I yeah. Mean, that's not illegal. No. Thruple, because usually it's, like, a two of them are married and then there's just like a little extra person in there right it's interesting it how like when does it become polygamy and when right. is it like a thruple you know i don't yeah. know with polygamy are they actually creating marriage licenses and actually getting married legally too because then that yes that right. is illegal but if they're just a girlfriend that they're ha- making babies with, I don't think that that's actually illegal. Yeah. I don't know. But they were definitely like doing wedding ceremonies, whether or not they were, they're legitimate to them, but right. probably the not. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so Wallace Jeffs, who was the son of the prophet Rulon, or one of his sons, um, he is also not an FLDS anymore. And he said that he believed most men in FLDS see women as cattle. And 
as kids, they are literally taught that. And like growing up, that's all you know, and that's all you believe. And so like all of these people who spoke in the documentary of like breaking out of it were like shocked because they just couldn't believe like, that's not how the rest of the world works. You know, like that's just because they were born and raised into FLDS. Like that's all they knew, which is crazy. It just shocks me that that the women were on board with starting this in the first place or being a part of this in the first place. Yeah. Like, is it something that morphed over time or like, you know, the women that know what the real world is like yeah. actually signing up for this. It shocks me. I know it's like with cults, it's always like, you always think, Oh, how could anyone do that? How can anyone, but brainwashing is a powerful thing and like if you're not in a good place like you could easily be like oh this is a family and like that's what you think you know yeah and and, like group think is a huge thing yeah Um, you know so if you're surrounded with people that believe it then you're probably gonna believe it too yeah uh so rulon the prophet uh Everyone believed that he would never die. Um, He would be renewed. And everyone believed that he could read your thoughts. He knew your dreams, your desires, everything. Like the actual God, you know? Um, And daughters would be turned into the prophet. And they said, here's my daughter. Do with her as you will. God's, which is God's will. So basically they could do whatever they just listened to everything he said and literally thought he was like magical. Um, so when Rebecca was 19, she was brought to Rulon and he always gave like a secret handshake to girls who would become his wife. So he shook Rebecca's hand and squeezed it three times. And that's how she knew, Oh, he wants me to marry him. So, and her family thought it was like a massive honor but obviously she was, she was not happy about it. She was 19 years old and he was 85 when she <gasps> married him. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I wouldn't want to be marrying an 85 year old man when I'm 19, but that's just me. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's just sad. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, So Alicia Roback is another woman who was taken to the prophet after high school. And she also married him uh, when he was 86 and she was his 23rd wife. And she couldn't, none of the women could go to work. They couldn't go to school. It just like, wasn't their place to do these kind of things. Um, They just stayed at home and raised kids. And On the wall was a line of photos of all of his wives in order of when he married them in their house. And every night they would have to line up outside his door and go into his room to say goodnight to him. And uh, Alicia said that if he decided you were the one he wanted to have sex with that night, he would say, he would just be like, okay, actually, after you say goodnight to me, you're actually going to stay. And when she married him, she had no idea what like sex was like they were not given education at all they never talked about stuff like that so here she is like all of a sudden like having sex and everything and you've never heard of you've never even heard of sex like that's so scary that would be a 
so frightening and you're like young yeah right and then yeah oh god that's horrible it's so sad so Rebecca said she used to she didn't ever want to do anything sexual with him so she said she used to like rub his feet to get him to fall asleep so that he wouldn't touch her um and it worked for a while but until it didn't but yeah I mean he's an old man I'm pretty sure he'd just fall asleep pretty I know just (laughs) let me read you the story first yeah literally Uh, um I mean it's clever for her that it worked for a little while yeah I would definitely try things like that too for sure I mean never mind I'm not gonna pretend to go into an 85 year old man's brain (laughs) yeah like I don't know I don't know what they're thinking yeah um so one of his biggest sayings was to the women was keep sweet no matter what which meant like you know you could never show anger frustration dismay anything you always had to keep sweet so I hate that so much I mean obviously I hate it because I don't like to keep sweet um (laughs) in most circumstances (laughs) but I hate that um my my sister gave me these little ducks that she got in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, this is probably a, another cultural thing, but like it's 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 not just you know to Korea. It's it's I, worldwide that women just need to shut their mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that's like what it just seems like. Majority of cultures, that's what it is. Is just smiling way not heard yeah um and so anyway the, my mom my sister gave me these ducks and it's really they're actually so super cute so you face them towards each other it's like a, a girl and a boy duck you face them towards each other when you're happy with each other and then you face them away when you're mad at each other oh my gosh <laughs> and so it's a way that I can be passive aggressive with Kendrick because like if I'm mad at him I'll just turn my duck away <laughs> But the thing is, like, I think it is supposed to, like, you know, help with communication, I guess. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, you can tell which one is the girl duck because she has her beak <laughs> tied shut with a little oh. bow. <laughs> like, you can be upset, but you can't talk about why you're upset. Yeah, exactly. It's like, just don't yell. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's not it's not wrong. Like, I am, I am the one that's a little bit more vocal, I guess. So wow. That's so funny. <laughs> um oh, okay. So Warren, who is another son of the prophet, he is six years older than Wallace. Um that they have 62 brothers and Oh, I'm sorry. 62 brothers and sisters. So there are 32 brothers and 30 sisters. In this are house. you kidding me? Yeah. See, among- and more boys than girls too. Yeah. Um, it's almost even. Almost. almost. That's nuts. But that yeah. That really does show 50-50. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and some of the siblings he was saying like don't even know each other. Because the older ones were like gone and married before some of the younger ones were even born. So 
imagine you're like you have like so many siblings but you don't even know your whole family personally because there's too many well I would feel like then the prophet would get kind of confused too it'd be like oh (laughs) you are actually gonna marry this guy and then turns out it's a brother yeah like how do you keep track of that and all the like all your grandkids nieces nephews like ah, that gives me a headache just thinking about that as a parent too well I'm thinking about that and I'm like I already have such brain fog after having one daughter I feel so much (laughs) dumber well one child I mean I feel so much dumber I feel like each time you have kids you just lose brains (laughs) I just I don't know I'm not calling them stupid but I'm just saying that's how I feel like I I would I would be down to nothing yeah (laughs) whittled away Uh, that just sounds so exhausting I could not possibly no imagine just uh yeah I mean you could just pass by someone on the street and it could be your half sibling yeah and maybe you don't even know Ah! how many people were a part of FLDS at at its biggest um I don't know the total number but I know it was like thousands of people like over 10,000 people oh my gosh it's like it's big yeah wow which amazes me how something like that can grow to that size but I mean but then you think about it and it's like one family has 60 something kids yeah Yeah. so it doesn't take long because then they what if what if each of them have 60 something kids you know what I mean exactly not actually they have to be like with each other well yeah you know what I mean yeah like that would just be nuts even if even if 20 of them ended up having 60 something kids yeah the number would just go skyrocket it's so astounding honestly yeah it is so where warren jeff's kind of takes over from here is um because his mother marilyn um she wanted her one of her sons to be the next leader of the church like really badly like her whole thing was like making sure at least one of her sons were like in charge and she thought warren was special because he was eight weeks premature and she said that previous prophets of the church came to her and said he would survive because he was a very special person so she always like treated him different from her other kids and like thought he was just like predestined for greatness so he always grew he grew up thinking he was like the best and the greatest because of this and everything and his father believed it too so I feel like that could create either a monster or just somebody that like like if you tell someone enough I mean yeah it it could create like a lot of psychological issues because then you feel like this need to you know um what's the word I'm looking for prove that they're right I guess yeah yeah um this need to show them but at the same time I feel like it could also like make them think like really confidently on their themselves too you know like yeah oh yes I know I can do this because I am supposed to be doing this and so then they don't like question themselves yeah so Wallace which is one of the brothers said when they were about 16 years old, Warren kind of started getting uncomfortably cozy with their sisters. Um, yeah. 
that's for everybody, everybody yes. <laughs> um and the other brothers were like really concerned about it and they reported it to their dad but they were told to just like drop it and forget about it and don't bring it up again so ew everybody yeah wow just sweep it under the rug no big deal yeah exactly um so there was a school called the alta academy and it kind of it just like trained flds members like in their ways and like what to do and um warren was made principal of this alta academy and he like day one was like cracking the whip um he they had a library day where they could go to the library and read anything they wanted um but warren took that away so he took away like all like out outside influence and he had whole sections of science textbooks like removed and ripped out um at the schools anything about like the solar system and like reproduction and all of that completely taken away they couldn't learn about that um and he even made a school curriculum that was specifically for women called purity in the new and everlasting covenant of marriage so it was very, 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 very strict for girls and women. Um, yay. So on August 6, 1998, Rulon had a massive stroke. Um, and he could not even remember his wife's names anymore after that. Wow. Um, so Warren really took over and controlled everything after that. Um and his teaching started to get like really scary about like fire and damnation and how everyone was going to be destroyed. And he had many revelations about doomsday and the whole earth was going to go on fire. But if they were faithful enough, they would be on a piece of earth that was lifted above the rest of the world as it burned. So that was how they were going to live through all of that because they were the faithful ones. Makes sense um like in a just this just the speakings of a random dude yeah pretty much have you ever seen i'm sorry i don't want to completely go off topic but i kind of am go for it um the good place we've talked about this before yes yes yeah i think we even talked about it last time last podcast yeah we did i think um well i'm bringing it up again um (laughs) because when when he's introducing the good place uh to Kristen bell and he's talking about it and he goes, um, like, yeah, yeah, no, every religion got a little bit right or everyone had a yeah. little piece of it, um, but no one really understood the whole thing except for so and such. And it's like some random guy that was on mushrooms. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he was tripping on mushrooms one time in his basement. He guessed like 95% of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. Like, and it, I, that's basically what like what I'm thinking with this guy is like he's just he's just making it up yeah <laughs> literally hoping he's right uh so in February of 2002 the Olympics came to Salt Lake City and Warren believed that was just the end of the world um and that Salt Lake City would be destroyed because of the Olympics because it was too mainstream there were too many people coming for it so they had to move to Short Creek. Um, 
Short Creek had before them a max of like 2,000 people. And they had like over 10,000 people um, after the church decided to move there. And it was like the biggest migration of people in the region like ever. Um, They're not ready for that. No. They can't support 10,000 people out of nowhere. Yeah, this poor tiny... I don't mean poor like like financially, but like poor them yeah. for like all these random people showing up out of nowhere um, who all believed that the apocalypse was happening. So they showed up and were freaking out because everyone thought this is the end. We're all going to die. Um, but when it didn't happen after the Olympics were over, Warren was like, oh, this was all just a test and God has granted us a little more time. And everyone is like super confused, like, I thought we were all going to die, like, right now. Um, so that's how much they believed in him. Like, they literally all thought they were going to die, and they all packed up their lives and moved be- just because he said so on a whim. I wonder you know? what he believed. I wonder if he's like, okay, I'm going to tell these people that this is what's happening. Or if he really believed, like, any story I make up is bound to happen because God chose me. So. Yeah. Like it's really this thought weird. came into my mind right now because God chose me. Yeah. I do wonder that. Like, does he really believe himself or yeah. is it bullshit? Yeah. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Um, so Rulon finally died September 7th, 2002. Um, and again, the church is really confused because they were told all this time, Rulon is never going to die. He's going to be like reincarnated or renewed into a younger body. They're like, he's not supposed to die. What's going on? So a lot of confusion for them at this time. And yeah. at the funeral, all of his wives had to wear white dresses. Um, and there's this really bizarre picture of all of his wives around his coffin. He has 65 wives at the time of his death, uh, which is just insanity um warren then started claiming that rulon was living through him and then after that he said he was rulon reborn so basically he was saying yeah i'm definitely the next prophet like that you should back me and convince everyone uh i am who i say i am and he tried to get oh yeah go on he tried to get all of Rulan's wives to say that they dreamed of Rulan going into Warren's body so that if the wives would back him up, then he would definitely be the new prophet. So, and a lot of them did. They did do that for him. Just said how? <laughs> brainwashing. I don't, know. I don't know how they can convince, yeah. That's just nuts that you can convince somebody that they saw something they didn't. Yeah. Or yep. like, or maybe you didn't convince them, convincing them to lie, but then you know that you're lying about this. Yeah. And and then Rulon's widows started marrying Warren. Um, seven of them married him like the day after he died. And so his former stepmothers are now his wives, um, which is weird, yucky. Like you were calling them mother and like mom until today. Now, now they're your wife. Ugh. Okay. Um, 
women were allowed when Rulan was in charge they were allowed to dress any way that they wanted as long as it wasn't like promiscuous looking but Warren started making all of the women wear long underwear to their wrists and their ankles under a plain singular color dresses and they could not wear the color red and their hair must be like immaculate like intricate braids not a hair out of place like very controlling of how the women looked um which is stupid but so dumb um so because of this big migration they all just moved to this short little town that brought a lot of attention to uh flds so a private investigator named sam brower um started looking into this and he started looking into flds in 2004 because hundreds of young boys were homeless because warren had kicked all of the young boys out because they were like competition for the young women and he didn't want competition that's what i'm saying that's what happens when you have so many wives to male ratio yeah so basically he was keeping the girls and kicking out all the sons or a lot of them at least hundreds of them so and how can he rationalize that i know and people just let him send their children away like that's insane or ah yeah how dare you do that where you don't educate these children at all and then just abandon them Mm -hmm. they were literally homeless like he didn't they didn't know where to go they don't know the outside world like at all oh my gosh yeah so that was when attention really started to be put on them and they found out Short Creek had its own fire and rescue um, and a fire department and the police. And it was completely run by FLDS. All of the police were chosen by Warren and they did exactly as he said. So there was like no one to turn to for help because they all looked to the prophet. He controlled everyone's property and did with it what he wanted. Like nobody owned a house of their own. He owned it and the church owned it. Um, so he's like a dictator, pretty much, of this little town. Um, How does this happen? This, yeah. like, in this day and age? I mean, it, wait, it was 2004 you were talking about? Yeah, it's like 2004 right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. So some of the men started speaking out against Warren because they didn't believe in his teachings and what was going on. And they were all stripped of their status and kicked out of the church and what would happen when the men were kicked out is their wives and children would be sent to another home to be someone else's wife and someone else's children like the kids the mom and kids didn't go with the men who were kicked out they were you know held hostage um that's so sad yeah like and the women would just literally be handed off to a different guy and they were like he's your husband now your children are his children now which is just crazy um it's just interesting because i wonder what for one the wives thought but also what the man that just got kicked out i mean i i can't imagine that you love your kids any less yeah you have so many mm-hmm. So he's just taken away from his kids. 
sad. Yeah. And like some of the like men in the documentary would talk about it and like say that some of their kids like didn't speak to them for decades. And some of them are still in the church and they never get to see him again. And it's just like really, it's really sad, heartbreaking. That's sad. Um, yeah. And one of these men is Lloyd Wall. Uh, he was kicked out and all of his children were given to another man. Um, and he was a very successful businessman. He had his own company, an engineering company that made parts for the space shuttle for like NASA. So, and when he was kicked out, Warren seized Lloyd's company and took all of its profits and he controlled everything. Um, so this poor guy loses his family and his business and has to start all over. Um, some of his children and his wife, Myrna are no longer in the church. So he did uh, they did, um, some of their family is back together now, but some of them are still in the church, which is crazy. Um, I didn't realize the church still exists. It still exists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so they had a huge amounts of profits because the boys that did stay had, had to do everything. They had did all of the work. So it's free labor. So um they brought in millions of dollars a month for the church uh it was flds was the number one domestic trafficking for boys working and for girls exchanged as wives um yeah which is basically you know sex trafficking yeah but not calling it that because you're like um religion yeah um so this one girl ruby jessup when she was 13 years old, she had a crush on this boy, Joe, and the boys were told not to talk about girls, not to think about girls, or it would cloud your channel to God. Um, so you wouldn't be able to hear which wife you should choose. So, oh yeah, I'm sure the guy was 60 something. Yeah, that was real alert. Yeah. Um, so Joe liked Ruby back. The two of them had a crush on each other and he gave her a note one time um, that said, I love you, call me, Joe. And so they would sneak phone calls on the landline and Ruby would, she had snuck an ABBA CD and she would like secretly listen to it and hoped and prayed that the two of them could get married someday. Um, But when she was 14 years old, she was told she would have to marry her second cousin, Haven. Ew, Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, Elisa Wall was told um, when she was 14 that she would have to marry her first cousin, Alan. Her first cousin. Even worse. Um, Why are they doing this? Yeah, it's nasty. And Elisa spoke out against it and said, like, absolutely not. I'm not doing it. But all of her pleas were ignored. And they were like, it's for God. It's for God. So you have to. And like, you don't know better we know better. So she's literally forced into it. Um, and Ruby called Joe and asked if he could come take her away. And he said he would, but then like 10 minutes later, he said he couldn't do it because he had taken the priesthood. So he couldn't abandon the church. And so the two girls at 14 years old, they got married on the same day in Nevada. 
um, because that was the law wasn't as extreme there for a man to marry underage girls. So they had to get married in an abandoned motel in the middle of nowhere, which is not romantic, not what someone wants for their wedding day. No, or at 14 not. years old. Um, so another person who became really involved is Mike Watkiss. He was a journalist and he was very concerned about what was going on there for the girls. Um, he would just show up to the ranch that they all lived at with a camera and just walk around like asking why people were not getting arrested for this. And he wanted like all this attention to save the girls from this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really started pulling attention from the community and the police tried, they started trying to get evidence of underage marriage. Um, but without warrants and stuff, it was still pretty difficult. So they basically had to wait for somebody to come forward, somebody from the church to like come and admit and like give testimony. And obviously everyone was too afraid to do that. So they didn't want to. Um, so it's kind of a waiting game at this point to see mm -hmm. what was going to happen. Um, so Rebecca Wall, who was previously married to Rulon, she was one of the few wives who had not remarried to Warren. And <clears throat> he told her, you have one week to remarry or I will break you. And he said, you have had far too much freedom for far too long and I will train you to be a good wife. And <gasps> yeah, Rebecca was like, no, thank you. And she called her brother who had been one of the boys who was kicked out. And he, um, he said, come to Oregon and come live with me. Um, so she wrote a letter to her mother and sisters and climbed out over the gate and ran away. And she started living with her brother. So she actually got out of the church and ran away before oh. she could remarry. Um, but she said she found outside life like really hard to adjust to. It was really hard to like learn everything that yeah. she had no idea what to do. Or isolated for so long, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Elisa and Ruby were not so lucky, unfortunately. Elisa, uh, they both tried really hard to fight against their new husbands, but unfortunately, um, both of them were raped against their will, obviously. Um, but neither of them even knew what the word rape was. Mm -hmm. Like, they're young, they're 14. <sighs> and um, Elisa told Warren about it, like what was happening. And she was like hoping he would say that wasn't like normal in a marriage, like that shouldn't be happening. But he told her, you just have to submit to your husband because that's your ticket to heaven. You just have to do it. Um, which is horrifying. I can't imagine anyone saying that to my child. Right. <clears throat> and then and just being okay her, with it. One of them is like her first cousin. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so Ruby eventually calls her brother, too, who had left the church, and he picked her up. Um, but Joe was asked to bring find Ruby and bring her back um, because Warren was very afraid Ruby was going to go to the police about being a child bride, um, which, you know, she, she was. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, and Joe did find her. Uh, but Warren said, oh, if you come back, you and Joe can get married. I know you guys have had a crush on each other for a long time. I'll let you get married if you come back. So, and she's just a kid, really. And she agreed because she doesn't know better. Well, also, she's out in this new world and it's probably really scary to her. And yeah, the idea of like the comfort of what she grew up in is enticing her. Yeah. I don't like her at all. So she comes back and instead of getting married to Joe, like she was promised, Joe is kicked out of the church and she's (gasps) given to a different man. Yeah. Um. And Ruby had six kids by the time she was 24 years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She says. Torment on your body. Yeah. And like having a kid that young is like, that's. (sighs) And then once you have the child there, you have as a mother, you have that connection. You have to like, you almost have to stay because Mm -hmm. unless you take the child with you, which would be really hard. Yeah. Uh, She says in the documentary, she said none of her children were by choice, but she loves each and every one of them still. Um, And she did eventually get out and she took all six of her kids with her. So they're all together now, which is good. Thank God. Um, Do 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 do. So Mike Watkiss started seeking out victims and he found a woman named Ruth who on camera, she admitted when she was 16, she was given to a 32 year old police officer who had two wives already. And Mike really pursued this because he wanted her husband, whose name was Rod Holm on tape of like, you are a police officer who is violating the law and got a 16 year old pregnant. Um, And it got it did get so much attention that Rod was taken to court and he was found guilty of um, like underage. Wow. Good. Relations. Um, He wasn't charged with much, but the guilty conviction was enough to really start shaking things up. And prosecutors in the state swore to take down child abusers. And Warren was forced to move to Texas to go into hiding after this because it's getting the pressure is on to really prosecute him. Everyone knows it's him in charge at this point and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, his church. Um, (laughs) So the community that they started building was like this massive property in El Dorado, Texas. Um, Mm -hmm. But Warren was still trafficking girls for sexual purposes and giving girls out to his supporters. Like, if you support me, I'll give you more wives and blah, blah, blah. Um, And Sam, the private investigator who's also working on this, he was going to the women and asking them if they wanted to testify, but it meant like testifying against fathers, brothers, and uncles, and none of them wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And Elisa had just turned 17 and she had a miscarriage at 15 and another one at 16. And oh. Warren told her she was unworthy to be a mother. Like she wasn't a good wow. enough wife. And that's why she was having these miscarriages at teenager. Poor what teenager. a monster. Yeah. Make it hurtful. Um, yeah. Um, Warren 
when he was in hiding, he had undercover security go into people's homes to make sure everything was as he wanted, that there were pictures of him hung in their houses and there were cameras everywhere to like watch them all day long. <coughs> and um, one man in the church whose name was Isaac was approached and asked why his daughter, who was only 11 years old, was not married yet. 11 years old um and he said Isaac said anyone who tries to marry her before she's 18 is gonna have to go through me even the prophet so wow good they did not like that before 18 is reasonable yeah but they didn't like that so or not before I mean after yeah at 18 is reasonable not before (laughs) (laughs) um Warren reappears from his hiding and says you know what this is a benevolent dictatorship is what he called it I'm like there's no such thing okay um yeah, what yeah and he read he read a list of names that god had said to him were master deceivers and isaac and 20 other men were on this list and oh yeah okay uh he said they had sinned against the lord and were all kicked out of the church and all of their wives and children were reassigned reassigned to other families um which is just terrible and isaac went home to his wife and said like you just watch like soon all of the school teachers will be gone all of our doctors will be gone everything will be warren and that was the last thing he was able to say before he was thrown out of the church so wallace was kicked out as well And he had, at this point, two wives and 20 children. And his children were told, your father is not your father. He's the spawn of Satan. And they believed it. Like, all of his kids just, like, believed that of their own dad. Because that's what they were told. Which, if someone said that about my dad, like, I'd be like, fuck you. No way. Like, I can't imagine just, like, believing that. And just, I don't know. Some of the women who, like, their husbands were kicked out, they were told to, like, burn every picture that they had and never bring up their, like, ex-husbands again. Like, they didn't exist anymore. Um, And it was, like, really, I don't know, just, like, completely block out that part of your life. It doesn't exist anymore. That's insane. Yeah. And he started segregating people. Um. And he said they were, he was bringing them to Zion, which was like heaven, like oh. Elysium, you know? I was like, oh, Zion National Park in Utah? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and the rest of the people were like left behind. So it made everyone like want to try to be better so that they could go to Zion. And um, this one woman who, her name was Charlene or is Charlene Jeffs. When her husband was taking trips to Zion, she would write down the mileage on his car before he would go and after he went, and then did circumference on a map to pinpoint like three possible locations of where all these people are disappearing to. And then she took notice of the color of the mud on his truck and everything. And she was able to find out where it was. She was like, it's Texas because of that. Are you kidding me? Yeah smart lady and this is a woman with no education whatsoever yeah possibly Possibly. i don't know if she was born into it or like 
joined it later, but yeah. Wow, so clever. Um, yeah. And yeah, honestly, women are detectives. Literally, if we want to know something, we'll find it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't try to hide it because we know. Yeah. It's like that TikTok sound. She knows. She, and knows. I know she knows. Um so this Zion was like this new ranch that they were living on. And it was, its purpose was to keep the girls pure and clean for their husbands. So it was like mostly women and like kids on the ranch. Um, but word got out of what was happening there. Again, they had moved again, but obviously word gets out that fast when a bunch of people dressed in pastel colored dresses, you know, just show up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Elisa was driving one day and she got a flat tire on the side of the road and a young man named Lamon stopped to help her and they started a friendship and they eventually fell in love. Um, and Elisa was called into the office with Warren and her husband, Alan, and they called her an adulterer and that Alan had done a job well done, but she, it was like all on her. Like she was this temptress, you know. And she ran away with Lamont and broke out of the church and reconnected with Rebecca. Um, And the two of them decided to go to law enforcement to save their sisters. So they were the first people to finally Finally. say that we're going to talk about this to the police and the reporters to try and save their little sisters. Yeah. Um, So finally, a case was able to start for rape as an accomplice. Um, which is a really different kind of case. Um, but it's what they had to go with because they mm-hmm. couldn't necessarily pinpoint rape itself on mm-hmm. Warren or anyone else. Um, so Warren starts to go on the run because police are trying to hunt him down now at this point. But everything the community was told while he was in hiding was like a lie. Um, because Warren had taken a few of his favorite wives and he's living the high life. He went to Disney World. He wore like <laughs> Gentile clothes. He went to Mardi Gras, went to strips, strip clubs, sports events. Everything me? he said was like against God and they could not do it and all of that. He was doing all that stuff while he was supposedly trying to be in hiding. And every week the community collected money for him to support his life. And it was like draining them. They would max out their credit cards to help him. Um, and they, <laughs> the money was transported in cans of tomato sauce. And they sent him about $300,000 a week. And <gasps> they were told it was to build Zion. They did not know it was to fund like Disney World and all that. Yeah. Um, which is a crazy amount of money. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that- I don't even know. That's nuts. I know because when you said they're draining their bank accounts, I'm like, I mean, what? Out of thousands of people, each person gives a dollar a week. I mean, that would be a lot. But holy cow! Yeah, it's crazy. That's a it's a crap ton of money. Um, greedy sob. Yeah, and then kids were starting to disappear as well because oh. the kids were all being taken to Zion, but their parents were being left behind. Um. And again, like nobody really knew where Zion was. They weren't told where anyone was going. 
Um, and Charlene Jeffs remembers that mothers would just wake up and the kids would be gone, like taken in the middle of the night. And the fathers would say like, never mind, they're in good hands. You don't have to worry about them anymore. Um, which of course you would, of course you would. Are you insane? Um, I cannot believe this, this is real. This is nuts. Um, so in August, 2006, a state trooper pulled over a car in Las Vegas, Nevada, and Isaac Jeffs is driving Naomi Jeffs, which is Warren, one of Warren's wives, and Warren himself are passengers. And Warren is arrested. And Washington County in Utah extradited him to prison. And the name of the prison, get this, it's called Purgatory. Can you <laughs> The irony. No way. Yeah. So Elisa is the star witness for this case, but they list her as Jane Doe number four to protect her identity at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And she had practiced testifying for months because it was just, it's really scary, obviously. Um, And he was facing three counts of rape as an accomplice, which is a first degree felony. And um, Elisa said the first day of court, she met eyes with him and they stared at each other and she refused to look down and waited for him to look down first. Good. Like you're Good. the shameful one, not me. So Oof. Yeah. power, powerful. Yeah. Take it back one glance at a time. Literally. Good. So Warren's defense said everything Elisa was saying, including her rape, happened because she wanted it to happen that she was a little harlot and she was okay with being sexual that's what you're going with that's a great defense yeah you know so obviously that went terribly for him and on september 25th 2007 uh he was found guilty facing five years to life um but he was still in communication with the church his sermons and instructions were still told from prison And he got visitors every single week who would write down every single word that he said. Um, He was basically a martyr to these people. Like him being in prison did not stop him being a leader of FLDS. How? Um, He is still considered the prophet. Every week he would make phone calls and everyone would gather to listen to his phone calls from church um, to do a sermon, which is just insane to me. Like, uh, and he shouldn't be allowed to do that. Yeah, no, be I believe that, against that. I don't know how that I don't, is allowed. No, I mean, he's basically going out and still pushing the beliefs that created this monster. Yeah. I don't get it. It's sad. Um, in April 2008, a 16-year-old girl called the police from the ranch and said that she was a mother and being abused and she was pregnant. So Child Protective Services came to the ranch, but people were obviously resistant. Um, The phone calls turned out to be a hoax, but what came of that was um, the Colorado police had seen real evidence of underage pregnant girls, like all over the place, all over this ranch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the children were deemed in danger and it became this huge like operation. Um, and Alicia's daughter uh, 
and this other girl named Lola Barrow, they were five and 10 years old at the time. And they remember thinking like the police, like all who they surrounded the ranch, there were police everywhere. And they were like, they had no idea who these people were. They thought the police were like devils who had come to the ranch at this young age. Um, And all of a sudden, like the ranch is surrounded by like SWAT team and people were, the kids were being put on buses and I mean, that's like a really terrifying thing. Like all of a sudden you're like being ripped apart from your moms and dads and, um, you know, like for your own good, but like, you don't know that. Right. You don't know (laughs) what you're doing or like what they're doing is wrong because you've, this is what you grew up with. Yeah. So a judge ordered all of the kids to be taken off the ranch, but nobody knew the scope of how many kids were actually there. And in the end, 416 kids were evacuated off of the ranch and suddenly were in Texas authority. Um, They were kept at a large fairgrounds facility. Um, But FLDS set out this huge media campaign saying the state was ripping their families apart and Warren used the mothers to get sympathy. So he would tell the mothers, like, go on camera, go on the news and like, say like you're um you know like my baby has been taken from me blah blah like get all the sympathy you can so that they will just leave us alone like stuff like that um and the women so sad yeah and the women were even lying on tv like a midwife who had birthed many babies for underage girls lied and was like, nope, I've never seen any underage marriages. I've never seen any underage births. And which is just a lie. And Rebecca and Elisa remember seeing that on TV and being just infuriated that all these people were lying and still covering up for him. And um, Alicia was one of these mothers she was so desperate to see her kids that she agreed to lie and say she was like mentally incapacitated and that's why her kids had been taken from her not that they were taken like by force when she was sleeping in the middle of the night but like that's how desperate she was to see her kids though they were like we can give you your kids back if you tell like reporters that you were mentally incapacitated like insane um The kids were granted one hour per week with their parents while they were in Texas authority. Um, But a lot of the kids who were really young, like, like uh, Alicia's kids did not remember who she was and they were scared of her during these meetings, which is really painful. That'd be really sad. Um, Like, I mean, how they to begin with, you know, until they, they started granting these, you know? Mm-hmm. for them to be able to forget their mom wow yeah alicia's kids were taken like to the ranch like a couple years before so they hadn't seen her in a oh. anyway yeah um that's so sad but that was the first time she got to see them in a while <sighs> so the case started falling apart though because texas was like under fire that they had just done this massive kidnapping and Eight weeks after the raid, all of the children would return to their parents because Texas just like the state couldn't handle like the political heat of having that many kids in custody and not knowing like what to do with them. So it just all fell apart and all the kids went back to the ranch anyway. Um, But Rebecca 
revealed to the police that on the ranch, there was a treasure trove of records. Um, and she was escorted with police back to the ranch and they found a room that was like all white with like this waist high bed that was like an altar in it. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. You can guess what <gasps> happened there. Right. Yeah. Um, so the police like jackhammered into this big vault that was in the basement and they found tons and tons of records. Um, of all of Warren's secrets, pictures of young girls kissing Warren with Warren, with other men, recordings of Warren with the wives, like audio and like video. Um, There was a recording, what really was the nail in the coffin. There was a recording of Warren with a 12 year old girl on that temple bed with instructions. And on on the recording, he raped this 12 year old girl in the presence of some of the wives, because you can hear the wives in the background, like praying while he did this. So. That makes uh, me sick. It's disgusting. So Warren is extradited to Texas to face a new trial of sexual assault of minors. And he's found guilty of rape of a 15 year old and a 12 year old in what he called his sacred sessions. Um, that's what he would call it. Nasty. Um, and in their records, they found out Warren had conducted the underage marriage of 67 girls and that he himself had 78 wives, 24 of which were underage. 78 wives. Jesus. Um, Yeah. The court gave him a hundred years plus 20. Because they were like, after this, there's no way we're letting him out ever. No. Um, as of 2021, there are still thousands of FLDS members. And almost every family that's still in the church has members they have not seen in years. Because a lot of people have left. I mean, there's still a lot of people there. But almost every family has like at least one person who is like, they haven't seen because they've left the church or been kicked out of the church and all of this. So a lot of broken families, unfortunately. Oh, that's so sad. Um, Elisa's mother is still a believer and Elisa has not seen her in years and they don't talk because obviously Elisa brought down Warren and her mother kind of does not like her for that, which is so sad. Your mother not being on your side is really... I mean, the way that because I mean if it's in the presence of some of the wives and they're like literally talking and praying mm-hmm. like they're not it's, they've spent years and years okay with this so then they yeah. would have to almost admit fault as well if they are to go against him you know right but exactly people, people went along with this you know it's not just mm-hmm. like everyone was forced and imprisoned yeah. Like he he convinced them and created this group think and created um this brainwashing for these people. So now if they are to admit like yes, what he did is wrong, then they would be admitting that things that they have done is wrong. Exactly. I'm sure a lot of the men exactly yeah. I'm sure a lot of the men that have also had several wives or have forced themselves on their new wives 
are completely guilty and I'm sure that they stay in that as well because they know that if they were to admit that what Warren did was wrong, then they would have to admit that what they did is wrong. Exactly. And they could also be facing problems. So, yeah. <sighs> and nobody wants to admit that they're the villain. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. Me? Am I the villain? Am I the drama? <laughs> oh, am I the drama? That's it. <laughs> um, so, Alicia. Um, she left with her mother, brother, and all of her children. So she was able to leave. And as she was driving away from the ranch, the trailer doors, like her moving, her moving van doors opened Mm -hmm. and all of her dresses that she had to wear, Warren's teachings, the long underwear, like everything poured out on the highway and like blew away. And she really saw that as like, now I can start over new. Like, I don't need any of this stuff anymore. Like, I believe that. I believe that was God opening that trailer door, like, right. pulling all her stuff away. That, um, He's which like, is you found me. Symbolic, you know? Right. Yeah. So, wow. yes, as of today, there are still, there are hundreds and hundreds of people who have left, but there are still thousands of people in FLDS to this day. Um which is just crazy. Like, it's not something like, even if their leader is arrested, it's not something that just goes away and dissolves, you know, like if it's ingrained in you that long, it's a powerful thing, but it's crazy. Sad. That is so sad and crazy. I mean, they all, I think a lot of them knew what they were doing was illegal, but he was able to convince them that the lawmakers are the wrong ones. Yeah, exactly. Like you are the right side. And there, everyone else is not like that's. It's a crazy way to think that's and live your so... life. Oh wow! I mean, thank you for doing all that research. That was that was a lot. Yeah. I I did recognize a couple of the stories that you were telling, mm-hmm. um, because that documentary must have just come out, and so it's kind of circulating TikTok, and people are all talking yeah. about it. And I've seen, um, I saw this one, I didn't realize it was with the FDLS, but now that you're talking about it, I realize it was, and it's a story you didn't tell, which I'm sure there are hundreds of stories because so many people yeah. have left the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was this one girl that grew up in, um, you know, a- in one of the families and yeah. luckily she got out before she was too young. But she realized, like, her mom actually married a police officer in the town that wasn't with the FDLS um, afterwards. So he actually came in and helped them and saved them. And then um, eventually they, the the mom, who was one of the wives that had several kids already, um, when she left the church, then she stayed in contact with this police officer and then they actually ended up married wow and so she that girl considers that police officer like before he was even her stepfather he saved her life because he he brought her out of that and then then he became her father which is like super crazy and then um from there she was talking about how acclimating so she was really young when all this happened. She was talking about acclimating afterwards Mm -hmm. and it even came down to changing her voice 
because wow. the way that the women were taught was to talk like little birds. You just mm-hmm. want to talk very yes. high pitched, like like a little like a little towel. It's how she described it. Yeah, that was so, yeah in the documentary. Yeah. What did you say? Yeah, that I do remember that in the documentary. That hundred yeah. percent. The fact that they have to change their voice and talk mm-hmm. like a little towel, which would be so annoying. Yeah, it would. I'd be they like, can't. shut up. I like, wouldn't want to. Your customer service voice, one hundred percent of the time. What'd you say? Your customer service voice, one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Not even worse. Like, yeah. I would just be so annoyed. I'd be like, stop talking. I guess I wouldn't want to hear a woman's voice if it sounded like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, but anyway, so I I just think that the it's really interesting all the stories that are coming to light and the fact that this happened in and it's still I mean not maybe not like as horrible horrifically hopefully still Mm -hmm. happening I mean this was this was sex trafficking yeah yeah oh I just cannot believe that there's um a girl on tiktok uh her family She's not in the church anymore. Her name's Amber Barlow. I would look her up on TikTok. Her family is in the documentary and she talks about it a lot on her TikTok of like, she has a lot of stories of like what used to happen when she was a kid and like how she grew up and stuff like that. So, and um, yeah, I, I, I like how these people are telling their stories and using TikTok to do it. Um, I think that's... I don't know. The internet can be terrible, but also it is good for spreading your word out there too. So, right. I mean, some people, when they have these experiences need, need to have the chance to be heard. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like we learn the church a lot. Like, I, I mean, in youth group, people would stand up and tell their, um, why are you blinking? What's this? What is it called when you stand up and you tell Testimony? your journey? testimony yeah um people would talk about and tell their testimony a lot and that's kind of and it was it was therapeutic for them yeah like share with others and it helps others too because i mean this is this has affected thousands of people so so Mm -hmm. if others that have been affected by this can watch that too and relate yeah then it, it helps and i mean just spreading awareness so that this never happens again in history because what the heck this yeah, is the 23rd century. Right? 23rd? Yeah. It is the 21st century, Casey. It's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Else? I'm just going to die now. Okay, ready? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a couple hundred years ahead of everyone else. I'm in the 23rd century. I don't know where you're at. <laughs> oh, oh God. you're funny. <laughs> Do you hear me? I sound like a firework. I was like, ah! <laughs> that's my just embarrassment. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna pass away now. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's all very interesting and once again it just it just shows um 
how messed up people are. Yeah. If you didn't already know that after this, you didn't already know. Now you do. People be stupid. (laughs) That's the one (laughs) takeaway. People be stupid. People be stupid. I'm gonna get a tattoo of that. (laughs) Um. Anyway, okay. Well, thank you so much for doing that research. And on that note, I'm Casey. I'm Emily. And you just heard a sprinkle of sugar, a dash of murder. Bum, 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 bum.